0: I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Is Amir Khan addicted to concussions? That's a legitimate question of mine. Does Amir Khan have some sort of fetish or hard-on for getting concussions? I'm pausing because I want somebody to give me an answer to this, because I don't think I'm going to get a straight one from Amir Khan. Okay, he he probably hurt his head really bad against Canel. Maybe he's still suffering some sort of side effects from the knockout that he suffered. But why is this guy talking about uh, fighting in the UFC? As some of you may know, on July 20th, Khan posted on his Twitter account a picture of him in a UFC gym holding a UFC world title with the caption, With the UFC world title, UFC training has started. I I don't get this. Why should we care if Amir Khan is going to go into UFC? I doubt he's going to fight Conor McGregor. I doubt that's going to happen. Okay. Did, did nobody talk about oh you know the McGregor's not going to fight Mayweather. Nobody's going to fight Mayweather. You idiot. Nobody. Mayweather is retired. But I I I for some reason I have to keep repeating that. Because people like to bring up, oh, Floyd's going to come out and fight. No, he's not. He is not going to fight anybody. But I'm getting off topic. Why should we care about Amir Khan in the UFC, okay? Just, the dude seems to think that that just because he has fast hands that he should get fights with everybody, Okay. With all the talk of Manny Pacquiao making a comeback, he's on Twitter blasting Bob Arum saying stuff like, I should fight Manny Pacquiao, I've got the fastest hands in the division, I've got the fastest hands in the sport, and that probably is not even close to what Amir Khan sounds like, it was either that or I was going to make him sound like Ringo from the Beatles, okay, and maybe you'll hear that on a podcast that I do when I'm drunk, but either way, I I don't get this, just because you have fast hands, so What? good for you that you have fast hands okay but why don't you try to build yourself back up okay fight some young up-and-coming fighters beat them then let that slowly build to a fight with pacquiao or whoever the biggest name you can get is honestly the ufc i mean I don't know, maybe he'll be like CM Punk and just talk about a UFC contract and signing, but then never do anything about it. I don't know, is CM Punk going to fight ever in the UFC? I remember some rumor that he was going to fight the guy who played the Green Ranger from Power Rangers, but nothing ever happened from that. But uh, <laughs> UFC is weird. Uh <laughs> So is boxing, but I, I don't get it. Why is he doing this? I mean, okay, you're holding a UFC replica belt that you probably got off of eBay. Big frickin' deal. Ah, it, it, it's just it's just a bit ridiculous. I, I you know, I don't want to see the guy get hurt, but at the same time, I'm very worried that we're going to see a sequel to the movie Concussion, where Will Smith's character just follows around Amir Khan, telling him, "Tell the truth, Amir." Tell the truth. And I better stop before Justin's like, that Will Smith impression was, well, better than Will Smith's performance in Concussion, but still, stop that. (laughs) And Amir, just stop it. Just stick to boxing. That's that's where your bread and butter is. And, uh, yeah, just do what I tell you to do, okay? Just build build yourself up, you know, slowly but surely, and, you know, 18 months from now, have a world title bout with whoever is big in the division, be it Kel Brook, be it, I don't know, maybe a rematch with Danny Garcia if he uh, gets past Keith Thurman. But, again, we all have to see where everything's going. But, yeah, just come on, Amir. Stop, stop trying to get attention. Moving on. Okay, this statement might get me in a bit of trouble or cause some flack. I don't know. I don't care either. But I like Adonis Stevenson. I do. I like that he just goes in there, knocks people out. Am I always excited about the level of opposition that he's facing? Eh, okay, that does leave some to be something to be desired. I mean, I was not happy that he's been fighting people like Saki Obika, for instance, but at the same time, for the most part, he's only gotten uh let's see, he's only gotten uh, two decisions in his last six fights. He's been knocking people out. And no, it's not because he follows me on Twitter that he, that I say that I like him. Uh, I like everybody who follows me on Twitter, even the people who hate me. But uh, no, Stevenson, who hadn't fought in uh, the past 10 months, the last time he fought was uh, September 11th in 2015 against Tommy Carpensi, but he came back against Thomas Williams Jr. Now, Williams, as you might recall, he won that exciting two-round slugfest against Edwin Rodriguez. Such an awesome, awesome fight. I I remember that was back in uh, end of April, and I said that, you know, Williams wasn't showing the most, uh, the best technique, but at the same time, it was effective since it got uh, Rodriguez knocked out, but he just was not on the same level as Adonis Stevenson, who knocked him down several times, effectively uh, stopping Williams in the fourth round. In the first round, I I noticed a few times Williams was holding his... I I don't know, he's in a southpaw stance, so he's got his right arm out, but it almost kind of looked like he was holding his glove towards himself and pointing his elbow towards Stevenson. There were a few times where I saw him doing that, and I just thought... What are you doing? Do, why are you doing it like that? And again, I don't know if this is just me. Maybe I'm seeing things where other people aren't, but why does it seem like other Southpaws don't know how to fight Southpaws? Because I, I'm watching the fight and I, I'm just thinking, why is Williams, it, it almost seems like he's like constantly standing in front of Stevenson. Move to your left. Okay. Okay. Throw your jab over his jab and then follow up with a left with a left hook. You could, you know, you could probably hurt Stevenson. But no, it seemed like most of the time when Stevenson was most effective, whenever Williams was standing right in front of him, and Stevenson couldn't miss with his with his left hand. It, it just it did not make sense to me why Williams was fighting that way. And I don't want to make it sound like this was a hundred percent one side that Williams never stood a chance because he was fighting back. He was fighting back. He was. Uh, trying to earn some respect from superman but it just was not enough uh williams or sorry stevenson landed this beautiful left hand on the chin dropped williams in the fourth round and that was it fight was done uh See, I, I like that about Adonis Stevenson. He goes in there, does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't play it safe, let it go to a decision. He's been knocked down himself. Uh, I believe he was knocked down against Svanfara. But he doesn't play it safe. He goes in there, does what's expected of him. And he knocks people out. Do I wish he would fight Kovalev? Absolutely. I would love to see him fight the winner of Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev. But, uh... I don't know if it's going to happen, not with this whole Al Heyman and PBC thing. I mean, he still does hold the WBC light heavyweight title, which he won uh, from Chad Dawson three years ago. But I don't know. It seems that ever since 2014, he hasn't been as big as he could have been. And that might not make sense. It's like, well, wait a minute. He's one of the top light heavyweights in the division. He's got a belt. He hasn't lost. So how is he just not as big? Well, you know, people are excited about a fight like Kovalev versus Ward. Nobody's, nobody's getting excited about Adonis Stevenson versus Thomas Williams Jr. No disrespect to either man. That's just the way it is. I don't know. I would like to see Stevenson fight the winner of Ward Kovalev. I've asked Stevenson if he's going to be ringside for that fight. Uh so far I haven't gotten a response from him yet. I wouldn't be surprised. I would love for him to do what he did last time when Kovalev fought, I believe that was the rematch with Pascal. Just get in the ring after the fight's done. And I don't know. Again, it might it may seem yeah, there is the whole politics. Al Heyman pbc and who's ducking who but still made for good television and whether you like stevenson or not when he's knocking people out that is good television moving on one oh it was also good tv leo santa cruz versus carl frampton and i will be quite honest with you i was not looking forward to this fight that much i was just thinking okay well Go ahead, little men. Have your fight. I, I'm I'm not going to be that interested. I I haven't been too interested in the career of Leo Santa Cruz that much. I remember watching him on the undercard to uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. And I said that he should have smoked out his opponent faster than a joint at a frat house. But instead, he uh, went the distance 12 rounds. Frankly, my dear, I didn't give a damn. Now, his fight with Abner Marez was good I thought that was a good fight but for the most part I still didn't care about him really liked his fight with Carl Frampton he lost <laughs> you know I can't, I'm talking about Leo Santa Cruz all this time but it's like oh yeah by the way he lost but that's what happened uh good fight uh majority decision uh, loss for uh Santa Cruz Frampton uh the former I believe he was the IBF and WBA super bantamweight uh titleist he moved up and lifted the W uh, the WBA uh, featherweight title this past Saturday in Brooklyn, New York by uh, scores of 116 to 112, 117 to 111, and 114-114 a majority decision for Carl Frampton, who a lot of people are saying is a strong candidate for fighter of the year. No argument here for me. I I thought it was a very good fight. I I was really enjoying it. Um, it. It was it was hard to to uh, find anything really wrong with it, and uh, I just I I'm really kind of surprised by uh, by Frampton. I uh, hadn't really heard too much about him. Uh, he did have that unification bout earlier this year with Scott Quigg, uh, but uh, to be honest, I wasn't paying too much attention to that just because it seemed more like a an all British fight, which I, I really wasn't that interested in Then I actually saw the fight really good But this one Yeah, no, uh, really, really good stuff I enjoyed it quite a bit uh, If Frampton can Maybe have another big fight this year And uh, Top that up, top that off hmm. With another big victory I think that he will definitely Be a strong contender for Fighter of the Year, not that he isn't already But that will just uh, More than cement that Moving on. Now, okay, l- l- let's talk about uh, let's talk about Gennady Golovkin versus Kell Brook. I know that a lot of you were kind of getting on my ass, or or wanted to anyway. It's a nice ass, but. Uh- <laughs> You want to get on my case? Andrew, you were so against Demir Khan versus Canelo. Now, what do you have to say about Gennady Golovkin fighting Kell Brook? Don't don't you think that Gennady Golovkin is just a big bully picking on poor little Kell Brook like this? Don't you think that this is just another sham for boxing? Don't you think? Don't you think? Don't you think? I think a lot. There's not a point in time where I'm not thinking, okay? (laughs) So let's be very clear about that. What do I think about this fight? Well, it's not ideal, but at the same time, it's a lot better than Amir Khan versus Canelo Alvarez. I I can already hear people sighing, shaking their heads, typing away on the keyboards. Andrew, how can you say something so absurdly stupid, even though we've listened to every episode of this podcast? How can you say something so absurdly stupid like that? Well, I can say something that absurdly stupid, in your opinion, because it's my podcast. Duh. Why do I like this a lot more than Alvarez versus Khan? Okay, let's look at the facts. First of all, this is a middleweight title fight being fought at... Hold on. Let me just check. Oh, something's something's not right. No, no, no. They're fighting at 160 pounds? Come on. Middleweights aren't supposed to do that. This is the... Why isn't he demanding a catchweight? Come on. This is... This is absurd. Somebody should tell Gennady Golovkin that, hey, you've got a a belt at 160 pounds. It doesn't mean you have to fight everybody at 160 pounds. Gee whiz. Second of all, Kell Brook wanted this fight. He's the one who said, yeah, I'll go up to 160 and I'll fight Gennady Golovkin, the most feared guy in the division. And he knows that he's fighting the most dangerous guy in the division. He'd be very stupid if he wasn't afraid at all. You've got to admire the guts on him. Second of all, Kel Brook, he, uh, you know, he's undefeated. The dude's 36-0 with 25 knockouts. And, okay, you may not like all the names on his on his resume, but at the same time, he did defeat an undefeated Sean Porter. That's how he won his IBF welterweight title. That was all the way back in uh, August of 2014. And the fact that he wants to actually move up and challenge Golovkin. I admire that a lot more than uh, Canelo Alvarez saying, Oh yeah, I want to fight Gennady Golovkin, just maybe not right now. I admire that a lot more. Sorry. That, that's just my my personal opinion. Now, does this mean that I think that Brook's going to win? No, the the smart money is really on Gennady Golovkin, but at the same time, uh, it's a good way to see what Cal Brook is made of, and uh, if he can poke any weaknesses in Gennady Golovkin that Canelo can maybe exploit later in 2017, if that fight actually does happen, but... At the same time, I enjoy the prospect of this fight a lot more than Canelo versus Khan. Moving on. You know, I heard a funny story the other day. I heard that Roy Jones Jr. was going to be fighting again, but there's no way that can possibly be true. Can it? That's right, friends. If you hear that familiar tune, it can mean only two things. One, that, I don't know, Bugs Bunny is on TV. Or, Roy Jones Jr. is fighting again. And it's the latter, unfortunately. What? I really like to watch Bugs Bunny. That stuff's funny as hell. Anyway, yes, Roy Jones Jr. has confirmed that he will be returning August the 13th against, uh, famed contender Rodney Moore, who holds a record of 7 wins, or sorry, 17 wins, 7 KOs. Hmm, that's where I made my mistake. 17 wins, 7 KOs, 2 draws, and 11 losses. Now, if we take a look at Mr. Moore's record, he is 40 years old. Okay, he started his career 20 years ago. Almost exactly 20 years ago, in 1996, had his pro debut August 29th of 1996 <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Roy <laughs> okay okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this I'm gonna get through this okay <laughs> no I'm not okay the last time this this Rodney Moore guy last time he won to fight was July July of 2002. <laughs> So basically, the last time he won was when Roy Jones Jr. was still a credible fighter. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, okay. This fight is... This fight, quote-unquote, is going to be taking place at Pensacola Bay Center in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> it's getting so bad that even the Russians are saying, uh, you know, Roy, just, just don't fight here anymore. As you guys know, th- th- this is ridiculous. Roy Jones Jr., he's going to be, like, he's close to 50 years old, okay? Turned 47 this past January. What the hell is he still fighting for? Money. Can't be anything else, people. It cannot be anything else, okay? But as you all know, like, please do not count that sad, piss-poor, uh, exhibition he had with Byron Phillips. Okay, do do not count that as a legitimate fight. I know that uh, box rec and you know it, it is an official pro fight, so it has to go on his record. But come on, you're a guy who's had over seventy fights, and you decide, oh well, you know I, I'm gonna fight somebody making their pro debut and make it seem like a real Rocky story. Cut the crap. The last, ah, uh, oh. it's just so ridiculous. It's why I have a laugh at this guy. You understand? I mean, I've got respect for what he for what he's done in the past. He's a decent commentator, but for the love of Christ, he should not be putting on gloves and fighting people. He should not be. Because as we saw against Enzo Macaronelli, he's just going to get himself embarrassed. Okay. And each time that it happens, it becomes less shocking. because I had a feeling he was gonna get knocked out by Macronelli. I really did. Whenever Roy fights somebody who does not have as near as many losses as they do victories, because Macronelli only had seven losses at that point in 40 victories, I knew it's like, oh, this is Roy entering the real danger zone, okay? And, yeah, knocked out. Roy, this should be a lesson to uh, all the fighters who are coming up through the ranks. Invest your money wisely. And don't invest it in, you know, rap albums that are basically a love letter to yourself. Like Roy's. Okay. (laughs) Justin's going to hate this. Uh, But that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. I know I did. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, and free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavurn, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash for free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Why in the world would somebody sign up to get in front of me and do what I do? I don't know.